Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. As always, I'm Betty, and I'm here with the lovely G. Hello. And the spectacular Ola. Spectacular I am. Hello. (laughs) How's everybody doing? Thank you for having us, Betty. (laughs) You're very welcome. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. I'm doing great. Thank you, Betty. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm in a good mood. I have some updates for you guys from the last time. I didn't want to bring it up in the Jade episode because I thought she'd think I was unhinged, but I tried the dry humping (laughs) (laughs) and it did not work out well for anyone. (laughs) It was terrible. Almost broke his penis and I ended up with a hickey the size of Texas on my neck. You took one for the team. You did it for the team. I'm never doing it again. It shouldn't be in books. It was terrible. (laughs) Well, I commend you for doing your homework. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to do it, and we did it, and we were like, never again. And it was the only (laughs) time that we've ever dry humped in five years, and so it was very (laughs) awkward. (laughs) Like, we're not dry humping people. It would have been so strange, too, because it would have been so, like, unorganic. You would have just been like, okay, time to dry hump me now. Yeah, and, like, it didn't happen like that. He was kind of, like, we were, like, getting started, and then then I was like, hey, do you want to try dry humping? And he's like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) We nearly snapped his dick in two, because we didn't do it with clothes on, because that's just too far for me. Yeah, no, fair mm. enough. You don't want to do no. fully clove dry humping? No, never. Oh, my God, no. Like, it's just friction, and I really didn't want to get any, like, chafing. Yeah, no, that's so fair. <laughs> yeah, you don't just, want, like, any You don't want like any of your, like, sexual escapades to result in you needing, like, healing time. Yes, 100%. That is not, well, I don't know. It depends. It depends what you're doing, but not with dry humping. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. Oh, so I don't recommend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for that update, Ola. You're super welcome. <laughs> and that piece of advice that I hope everybody takes on. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping that some authors will take it on. And like stop the dry humping fucking experience in books because I feel I just I don't know maybe it's just like an extra thing that they put in there because they run out of ideas. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You'll have I to mean, ask. I'm trying to be a dick, but what I mean is like there are only so many things you can do. Yeah, maybe like to build up to the actual sex. Yeah. You know, like you've got like your kissing, your oral, your dry humping. And you like, yeah, and then you've got the fingering yeah, and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not worth it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now and I'm really traumatized. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, let's get back to the book. Um, this week we're going to be talking about Electric Idol by Katie Robert. 
So Electric Idol is the second book in the Dark Olympus series, but it's a standalone novel. Like all the books are standalone. So you can read them separately if you haven't read the first one. And I do recommend reading all of them because they are great. But Electric Idol is is one of my favorites in the series. So if you haven't got a lot of time, start with Electric Idol. So before I give you the synopsis of the book, I think it might be worth just going over the lore of the book because it's like, it's a little bit complicated. So basically, the Dark Olympus series is a retelling of Greek mythology in a modern sense, except from they hold the names and responsibility of the gods, but they're not gods themselves. Um, so they're not immortal. And the realm is more like a political sphere as in they take on the roles and responsibility um, and the name of the god either be, like either via um, family or election. So it's got a, like a little bit of a, like a political aspect to it. So there's the three main gods obviously being Zeus, uh, Poseidon and Hades can only pass on their titles through children, but the rest of the roles can be either elected or appointed by other people within the political severe <laughs> um so yeah I, that's like the best politics. way to explain yeah the last few weeks were all about politics guys <laughs> so basically electric idol takes on the story of um eros and should we write it oh yeah sorry yeah we should read it go on <laughs> i was too excited to talk about the book i love this book I'm not surprised it's a good fucking book i'm excited too but i think we should let people know what we think about it i'm i'm gonna give it it's a four star for me like it's a really good book it's written really well there was just something missing yeah i'm the same four for me i'm gonna go for a 4.5 oh shit yeah (laughs) i love a good 4.5 i think it's because i just because I read the first one and then this one straight after it and I was just like damn man really loving this world at the moment I liked her world building but yeah there were there's just like a little bit missing so that half star yeah so yeah so this book takes on the characters of Eros and Psyche so in the realm of Greek mythology um Eros is the son of Aphrodite Aphrodite being the goddess of love Eros being kind of her servant um also um in like regular terms he would be like referred to as cupid that gives like a better understanding of what his like role is um psyche is the daughter of um demeter yeah daughter of demeter and she is the goddess of the soul but her role isn't like that's like her role in mythology but in her book she doesn't really fulfill that role she kind of just plays the goddess of demeter um So basically, they have a social responsibility to attend all of these very fancy parties. And with Demeter's position, because she's quite high up within the political sphere. um, The 13. Yeah, so they call them the 13 most important gods (laughs) or individuals. Um, Psyche is expected to attend these events with her mother. And she's not particularly interested in having any sort of attention drawn to herself. Um, and Demeter has a plan for Psyche to marry the new Zeus. So basically Zeus dies and his son is appointed that position. And at the point in time, he doesn't have a hero, which is Zeus's wife. And she would like Psyche to fulfill that role to 
increase her alliance and popularity within the world, basically. But Psyche is not that interested. She doesn't think she fits a hero personality type and she's trying to run away from all of that, like, kind of life. Yeah, well, um, her mum is unhinged. She yeah, keeps trying to unhinged. marry them off to Zeus. <laughs> Can we just talk about step back to be a fucking is. mental case? She's literally so nuts. She's like the <laughs> most... Like, let your... <laughs> She's Let your like, kids be happy. Like, yeah, just try it. She's like, she's already like one of the most important people in this like political sphere. Like, she's responsible for like feeding the whole city, and she yeah, just she starved she's so, a whole bunch of people. <laughs> she's just so power hungry. But they keep on being she's like, uh, 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 but she really cares about us. But then she just keeps on trying to fucking marry them off yeah. and do all this crazy <laughs> shit without telling them. But then, like. But then, like, in the end, she's like, oh, but you're happy now. Okay, next daughter. (laughs) (laughs) You're happy now. Whose life can I ruin next? And then she's, like, really sweet to the ones who find happiness, and she just keeps fucking the ones who don't. Pretty much. (laughs) All mothers in this realm are crazy. That's, like, a good... Aphrodite's on crack. (laughs) Do not like Aphrodite. Aphrodite's unhinged. Not the goddess of love, the goddess of psychos. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, ba- so basically the book starts and they're at one of these parties and Aphrodite is trying to be the one that decides who Zeus marries. Um, and Demeter gets in the way and tries to push Psyche to the front of the line. And that's where we get like a little bit of insight into the fact that Aphrodite and Demeter fucking hate each other. <laughs> like they violently... Really? No, I wouldn't have guessed. It wouldn't have been the whole synopsis of this book. <laughs> people to hate each other so much, like, why? What is it that made them hate each other so much? It doesn't even make sense. And, like, to hate that much that there's, like, a hit put out, that's on another <laughs> level. Like, power, baby. are unhinged. Is that what people really do in politics? Like they put out hits on each other's kids? Like this shit's unhinged. Probably. It seems like it's like underworld politics almost, eh? Because it's like they're they all obviously have these like positions of power, but they all act like they're part of like a mafia. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it's like politicians, mafias mafias and like I don't know, like making your kid go kill people. That's just, just there's a lot going wrong here. I feel like we need to get a psychologist up in here to help out Betty take over. What can we do to help Aphrodite? Because... Yeah, this is like this is like Betty's like two favorite subjects. It's like politics and psychology. <laughs> um, okay, so so Psyche, like while Aphrodite and Demeter like get into a bit of like an argument about I don't know who Zeus is going to marry. Psyche's able to slip away. She slips away to a bathroom, like quite down the hallway from the like main uh, event room. And when she leaves the bathroom, she runs into Eros, who's running late to the party and he's coming up the elevator and he's like severely injured. Like he's limping, he's covered in blood um, because he's been fulfilling one of Aphrodite's deeds. So Eros has the. That's um, what happens when you get stabbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Eros has the reputation of being quite violent. They call him like a monster because he'll do anything for his mum. And that includes killing people that she feels threatened by. Um, So even against Psyche's better judgment, she takes him aside and she essentially like cleans him up, like patches him up and makes sure he's like healthy and happy. And he 
is like, this is the only person that's ever been nice to me. Uh, I think I'm in love with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad. It is kind of sad. Oh my God, you guys must hate me because you're both bitches. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're so mean all the time. (laughs) If that's how it works. I'm the nice one in this podcast, by the way, guys. We've decided. Did, did anybody else get like a real like Oedipus vibe from Eros and Aphrodite? Like the whole like weird yeah. like attraction to the mother thing. It's like I, I wanted to actually talk about that because that was my that least was favorite like, part. It, because it, I have it, a problem felt... with mommy issues. I don't yeah. have a problem with daddy issues. <laughs> and I'm very biased. Maybe people out there have mummy issues, but they freak me the fuck out. I don't understand, <laughs> mommy. It's very Freudian. Yeah, but daddy issues are also pretty Freudian. Yeah, okay, yeah. but like... It's just not as I sexy in all his mind. It's really not. Like, I'm scared that one day if I have children, they're going to have mummy issues, and that just does not compute well with me. <laughs> I feel like you're in control of that. Possibly. I don't know. I've never <laughs> had children. I can't make that distinction, Betty. I don't know if I'm going to fuck them up or not. Okay, well, Olin shouldn't have children. No, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> okay, so on return to the party after she's patched up Eros, a photographer catches them in the elevator together and at the exact time he takes a photo, um, Psyche had slipped and Eros had like gone to pick her up but it looked like they were about to kiss. And that goes through like the social media gossip sites that they have and um, Aphrodite sees it and she like pulls Eros aside and she's like, what the fuck? Um, I, under no circumstances, we'll have any association with that family whatsoever. Kill her. (laughs) Basically, like she's like, I want her heart. I want her dead. I hate Demeter so much that I want you to kill her daughter squell these rumors and make me happy and eros being the the mummy lover he is is like fuck all right i guess (laughs) (laughs) the mummy lover and he makes a plan doesn't that creep you the fuck out like i'm creeped out right now (laughs) they always end up being sociopathic murderers i'm convinced of it Someone, we'll find a study. Listen, <laughs> let me give you some examples. Ivan Malat had massive mummy issues, murdered like 50 people and hit them in a forest. What, and that I'm guy, sure that there are so many more. What's yes, his name? I think it's guys. Um, that guy, Ed, Ed Gein, the guy that um, Psycho was based off, who he had real mummy issues and he like killed women, like turned their body parts into furniture. Watch Law and Order SVU. 90% of them are getting beaten by their mums while they're 30. (laughs) It's a thing. It's just so creepy. I feel like chicks with daddy issues don't like go around murdering people as much. I feel like the difference here isn't particularly what issues you had and the gender of the individual with the issues. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Maybe. I know. I'm not I'm not trained in this shit, so what do I know? But the only like psycho killers I hear about, most of them have mummy issues. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, Eros makes a plan to kill Psyche, and because he he's kind of like got a soft spot for her because she was nice to him, despite like the rumors. He asks if she'll meet him in a bar, and his plan is to like put her to sleep and then kill her so that she doesn't like feel anything. And he kind of like he kind of just straight up tells her like i'm here to kill you like that's what i'm doing like this is what i have to do she's like no you're not no you're not (laughs) and she and she being the intelligent socialite that she is manages to like weasel her way into his conscience to the point where he where she convinces him that there needs to be another way and he believes that if he marries her um aphrodite won't touch her because it'll cause so much social backlash and like aphrodite loves her public image that she'll just be safe and they can just live in this fake marriage until aphrodite is like over it and then if they she can choose to divorce him and she's like all right great plan (laughs) she's like this is my only option i don't want anybody to hurt my family i really don't want to be murdered let's get married but she sets like very clear boundaries. She's like, this is a fake marriage. No sex. Absolutely no sex because sex means I'll fall in love with you. And he's like, nah, <laughs> we gotta have sex. <laughs> How are we meant to prove to people that we like each other if you don't let me go down on you? So like, I- <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so like, I think an important point to mention about Psyche is like, she's a social influencer pretty much. In that she has millions of followers on social media and she has like this very contrived popular social media account um and she spends like the next couple of day or so like putting together like all of these like staged photos to kind of get out to the world that they're in love and you know and then they have this whirlwind wedding and his, her mom shows up and she, her mom's like i don't like what you're doing but i trust the decision that you're making and Demeter's like she's actually kind of nice about it she's like I trust you I'll support you and supports like the marriage then like the next I don't know like 200 pages of the book are them just being like I don't like you but let's have sex <laughs> that's pretty Isn't how it always works though with books yeah. like this with the fake marriage oh I love it when yeah. they first have sex in any book like that I'm like oh <laughs> you couldn't control yourself that's nice yeah it's like pretty much like what happens is them just like fighting their attraction to each other and fighting that they're falling in love with each other by just saying like it's purely sex it's purely for public image every time they do something they're like we're doing yeah, this for public the public image. is watching them have sex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so then they get invited to a party so helen who is zeus's sister um she invites them to a party at her home and eros and helen get on quite well so and he's like okay we should probably go it'll look good for us we'll take a couple photos we won't stay very long psyche ends up getting fucking plastered <laughs> at this Very party. Psyche. And when leaving, Eros realizes that the parking lot that is usually filled with a shit ton of security guards is completely empty. And he panics because he thinks, like, this is Aphrodite's going to do something. Um, I should also say that, like, the marriage didn't work. Like, Aphrodite was like, it sucks. 
that you're married to her, but I'm still going to kill her and I'm just going to have to do it myself if you won't listen to me. Yeah, what did she mommy. say? She's like, um, she's like, like, like they try to convince her that it'll like ruin like Eros's like reputation and Aphrodite's like by association. And she's like, no, he'll get so much like sympathy as a widower. And they're both just yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's like a, she's a cold hard bitch. Like, um, but yeah, so Eros sees that there's no security, freaks out. He locks Psyche in one of the like bulletproof security booths that's usually occupied to check out the car park to see if there's anything lurking. All of a sudden, like shots have been fired. Someone's trying to shoot. Uh, someone's trying to shoot Psyche through the booth. Eros like freaks out. He runs. He like takes down the killer. They have like a really sweet moment where she's like, "You could have died," and he's like, "Why do you care about me?" You know. I'm a monster. <laughs> I don't deserve anyone's love. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like throughout the book he's like he's convinced himself that she could never love him because he's a monster and that he doesn't and deserve like Yeah, he doesn't deserve kindness like because of the way that his like mum has treated him because she's always been like um manipulative yeah, with like- her love. I feel like that's something that we need to mention as well is that like she's been so manipulative that like he's been doing like really really bad things for her like he's been like like eliminating her enemies and he's like Aphrodite's little personal hound dog that just deals with all of her problems but it's like kind of sad beginning at the beginning it was kind of like he was killing people because they were genuinely threatening her but then in the end he realized it was because they were like telling her that her dress looked like shit or something yeah like, like she was like jealous sudden, was of how like, like beautiful they were yeah or like she lost the plot a little but it was like it's like the point the point of the book is it tries to push that he's not a bad person he's just been groomed into this like relationship in which the only way he receives loves from his mom is when he's like completing these awful tasks so it's like it's, it's kind of sad to read um yeah but so after psyche nearly gets killed they make a decision that they like they need to go and see zeus because they're hoping like zeus will just like sort this out and basically zeus is like sucks for you but like i'm not gonna do anything like i'm not gonna disrupt the political sphere for this like i don't have any proof that aphrodite is trying to kill you like if you find some proof come back to me but at this point you're on your own and he also reveals that him and demeter were in conversation and that psyche should have been engaged to zeus at that point in time but her marriage to eros ruined the whole thing so he's kind of annoyed at her for um i guess like embarrassing him like that so he has no intention of helping her under any circumstances so they come up with the idea that maybe the best case scenario is to get both hades and um poseidon on their side and then they can speak to zeus and you know they'll be zeus will be so outnumbered that he'll do something um hades is obviously on psyche's side because her sister is persephone who is at the time married to hades which is what the first book's about but poseidon is like i don't deal with gossip like go fuck yourself (laughs) okay so with like nothing left to do and they're like completely panicked eris is like i just have to kill my mom (laughs) like that's all i can do all i can (laughs) to kill my mom and Psyche's like no we can think of something better and Eris is like no I'm gonna go I'm gonna go kill yeah, my dude. mom and now. she keeps on being like no like you won't better live with it and he's like probably not but I'm gonna do it 
<laughs> so Eros gets up, goes to kill his mom, and Psyche's like, I can fix this. So she um, calls Helen, gets Aphrodite's number, tells Aphrodite to meet her at her favorite place, which is the University Gardens, um, and tells Aphrodite that, you know, she'll just leave. Like, if Aphrodite can get her safe passage out of Olympus, she'll leave and she'll never come back. Aphrodite goes there with a gun, threatening to kill um, Psyche. But in the process, Eros has already arrived at Aphrodite's house, realized she's not there, and Helen has called to say, like, hey, I've just spoken to Aphrodite. Uh, sorry, I've just spoken to Psyche. I think she's going to do something stupid. And Eros is like, I know exactly where she'll be. University Gardens at her favorite spot. So they all, like... So he like runs. He literally runs. He realizes like, it's too much traffic. Can't drive. I'll run there. <laughs> That's, That's such a wild. weird little like internal debate that he has because he's like panicking and he's like, if I get in a car, I'll have to find a park. It'll take too much time. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just run. <laughs> so he runs down there and he gets there at this like uh, um, psyche being held at gunpoint by Aphrodite and Aphrodite's like shouting all of these like awful things at her it's like worth mentioning that um, Psyche doesn't fit the like social norm of like beauty like she's a bigger girl um, and it's referenced she a lot curvy. she curvy she, she curvy got curves, girl <laughs> and like yeah and after that really annoys Aphrodite that she could be considered beautiful and like one of the most beautiful women in Olympus although she doesn't fit this like ideal so she's shouting all these like awful things and basically she shouts out her plan to kill Aphrodite and then Psyche's like psych bitch (laughs) oh sorry so still Psyche but then yeah Psyche's like psych bitch she pulls out her phone Psyche pulls out her phone. It was hidden. She's live streamed the whole event, so like, everybody yeah, knows. She's smart psyche. Yeah, everybody knows what a fucking awful piece of shit Aphrodite is. But then Aphrodite's like, okay, well, if I'm going down, I'm going to take you with me. Goes to shoot her. Psyche like kicks the gun out of the way. No one gets hurt. Aphrodite gets arrested. Um, and then they go and see Zeus after the event. And then Zeus is like, I should be punishing you, Eros, because you've committed crimes, but now you're my family. And they're both like, what the fuck? What what do you mean we're family? And then Psyche's older sister comes out of the back. Turns out Demeter got her married to Zeus. Fucking Demeter. She took one for the team. But but Psyche's older sister did it on purpose because she knew if she were to marry Zeus that Zeus wouldn't be able to hurt Psyche and Eros. Protect the family. But also protecting the youngest sister who wouldn't be able to handle Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Eurydice? Eurydice. 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 Yeah, okay. Ask me to remember all these names. I can barely remember John <laughs> in a normal fucking book. And now we've got fucking all these Greek crazy shit. bitches. Yeah, yeah, I love it. No, but I love these names. They're so good. But yeah, and then Zeus is like, we're going to announce our engagement. You have to stay together for like married at least a month because I don't want to draw any attention away from my engagement. And then they go home together. And then Eros is like, you could never love me. Like, I'll give you your divorce in a month. And she's like, what the fuck are you on about? 
<laughs> love like, you. Like, Don't leave me. I love you. We're gonna stay married and have some babies. Pretty like, much. You're, you're my monster. That's you're yeah. mine. <laughs> I love it when they say shit like that. Yeah, and then yeah, they uh, they uh, finally admit to each other that they do genuinely love each other and they want to stay together. And there's a sweet little epilogue where they have dinner. Demeter's house and their big happy family. Aww, <laughs> the end. Oh, so that nice. Was beautiful, Betty. Love that. Welcome. You're so good at this. <laughs> so now I've given you the wonderful synopsis of this wonderful book. Favorite parts. I'll look up. My favorite part is the fact that she was curvy but they didn't make her like some insecure curvy chick Mm, because that is what they always do with curvy girls it's the whole plot line is the fact that she's insecure but no here she's comfortable in her body when they read the when um eros reads the comments on her instagram she's like why are you reading that shit like who cares i'm happy i love myself fuck off everyone and so like she never lets like she doesn't have those insecurities and it takes a really long as somebody who is part of the curvy world it takes a really long time to love yourself and it's taken me like I don't know 15 years to be okay with myself so I really appreciated that bit I was like I feel you girl like yeah (laughs) I love your curves too I love that you love them. To me, that is the sexiest thing is when somebody is like so confident in themselves. Confidence is like the the hottest thing that a person can have. Mm. Yeah. Especially when the world is out to like put you down because of the way that you look. And here's the, like, it's nobody's business if you're skinny or if you're fat or if you're whatever you are. It's nobody's business. But for some reason, I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with like making fat people feel like shit. And I hate the word fat, but I'm only using it because they used it in the book. But, um, like, the fact that you can get through all of that with the world being like, oh, well, maybe you should lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. Like, none of your business. She still feels good about herself, and I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it is written really well. Go on, G. My favourite part in this book, and I also really liked it in Neon Gods, the first book, is that I think this is probably one of the only books where I've loved the description of the fashion and the clothes that people wear because so often you read a book and I'm specifically thinking of like after you read a book and it'll be like it'll be like the gold the, uh, our heroine like she'll be wearing like just oh and the, the clothes when you picture them are just so ugly and so disgusting but this book makes you think that these people are wearing like gorgeous clothes and that's harder than you think it would be like i so i'm talking about this in praise yeah how you liked the see-through bra thing yeah the fashion in the book i am do you know who's really good at it it. do you know who's really good at it tl swan yeah because she's like up with the fashion when she writes about it she's like um spaghetti strap with high heel sandals and i'm like I see half of my friends wearing that shit. Like you're yeah. on top of it, TL Swan. It's good when they know I, what's I feel in. Like 
It is. It's so good when they know it's in. I feel like so many writers, they have like the proclivity to just go a little bit too overboard. And I think there was like one book that I was reading a little while ago. I can't remember what it was, but I was talking to Betty about it. And she was wearing like a gray dress with lemon colored pumps. <laughs> and I remember like messaging Betty and being like, what the fuck is happening? How have we devolved into this? I will tell you something. I watched a TikTok the other day. I went in a TikTok like realm the other day. I don't know how to use TikTok. And I was like, I'm going to work this out because I'm trying to start it properly for girls who read porn, follow us on TikTok. But um, so I like started going through it and there was one TikTok where like all these girls chose clothes for each other. And it was like gray dresses, black dresses, blah, blah, blah. And then just these yellow fucking blazers that they all chose for each other and I'm like what is this new thing where did this come from the yellow blazer like the yellow like that pop of yellow and yeah. fucking everything like just tone it down a sec I feel like none of us have the skin tone where we can wear yellow I can wear mustard yeah yeah mustard amazing yeah I can do yellow. a mustard I can't do a no. yellow no I, yellow with blonde hair it's not we're a all, thing and we're all like very like pasty indoor people <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself okay i'm just pasty because i'm polish but i do go outside all right what was your favorite part Betty? it was really good writing this book was yeah. written so well um it's like one of those books where the the world is so expanded on and makes so much sense that it feels almost real good world and, building and it had a map at the front so yeah, like you knew yeah, what they were talking about I love a map in a book I'm like okay now I know where I am it really brings me back to like because I obviously when I was a kid like because I you know like I love fantasy you guys know that so when I was a kid all I would just only read fantasy books and it just really really brings me back to like with like kids books and young adult fantasy books there'd always be a map at the start yeah it's so like nostalgic was it was um it was just written really well like I don't know I feel like Katie Robert could write anything she could she could write a book about someone with the mummy king and I think I'd love it just because I love her writing (laughs) (laughs) she is amazing she's really good I rate her as an author and I like I think something that I sometimes struggle with is oftentimes like conversation in books can feel forced to provide a plot point or like to move something along but the way that she writes conversation it feels almost like more natural Mm. like it feels like something that someone would genuinely say and in the situation where like the situation that Eros and Psyche are in they communicate the way that they communicate with each other is the way that you probably would which is like kind of sarcastic a little bit rude but also like comforting of each other because they're both in the same situation yeah so her dirty talk is really good yeah yeah her dirty talk is amazing very good okay favorite smart scenes girls least favorite part of the book or favorite smart scenes we'll do least favorite and then we'll do smart scenes to bring it yeah let's bring it to a high high. Yeah. yeah yeah least favorite the mummy thing I just (laughs) listen I loved every like okay no that's not fair because it is like a plot point and it was a very good plot point it's just like my personal preference 
Mm. As a book, it's amazing and it, the plot point is fantastic. I just don't fucking like mummy issues. They freak me out. I don't know why. I've probably got some psychological issues attached to it. I don't know. <laughs> but like it just really, it just doesn't do it for me. You know, fair enough. You know, you can't like everything. No. But like I really enjoyed the book. Like I loved yeah. it. But like Aphrodite just freaked me out that little bit too much. <laughs> So oh, did Demeter actually. I'm like, just leave your kid alone. <laughs> like, yeah. leave the him alone. In but this Aphrodite, book. yeah, it's the parents in this book that I don't like. But it's not that I, I don't know how to explain that. I really like them in the book, but I just don't like them as people, even though they're not people. Like they're written amazingly, but like they're written yeah. to make you not like them because they're not yeah. good people. Yeah, it's like how yeah. I hated Chase. Yeah, yeah, same same, but, but like not to that level. You're gonna have to let it go. I can't. I'm on the Ant and Chase hate train. <laughs> One day you just yeah. I do love it when authors just manage to write just a fucking shit yeah. person. It's so good. Yeah. I'm still not like I'm still struggling after the Jade West Ant situation. I still haven't been able to read a dark book since, and so like I feel like I can't really hate characters because it ruins a lot of things for me. <laughs> This is turning At least this into, book... like, a month-long book hangover. Oh, you have no yeah. idea. <laughs> At least this book is relatively, like, light-hearted. Oh, it's, like it's so light-hearted. Yeah, it's a rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. So, But just with a bit of murder on the side. Yeah. I love that. I think that my least favourite part of the book was that they, like, it, they never really address, um how psyche like feels it feels or like about how she gets over the fact that eros is literally a murderer of innocent people like he, no. he like he literally murders like innocent women and she's just like and she just oh. accepts it she's like oh you just need some love poor boy you just need somebody to care about you but it's like dude he's literally killed people like they just ne- they just like never address issues, that it's very it's very strange yeah, but then they also say that she's very similar to Demeter, and Demeter just does not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, she's really strong, like, strong-willed and, like, yeah. she's got a backbone as well. So maybe it's, like, she, because I of think, the like, world that know, she's like, in. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, it's like less of, like, a shock. Like, it's I guess it's less, like, jarring to know. And yeah. I guess because, like, his reputation just does, like, precede him. Like, she knows of him as being, like, this really dangerous guy. And obviously when they first, like, like start dating or like get fake married it's because he's literally sent to kill her but i feel like i feel like because they portray her as like this person with like a really really good heart and they literally Mm. talk about like a girl that he had like just murdered like when she's when she rescues him from like his injuries it was because like the father of a of a young girl that he just killed stabbed him like they just ignore the fact that like she's like oh you murdered like an innocent young girl oh you just need a little hug you just need a little bit of tlc <laughs> <laughs> like, <sighs> that was Aphrodite. my that was my one hang up though that's fair yeah Yours mine day. probably i think mine was that she was a social influencer do you know what? I understand that, but then I also thought about it and I was like, I'm really glad that they made the Kirby Chick a social influencer because normally they, sh- a lot of my friends are social influencers and they get a lot of a bad rap for being like Instagram models and stuff, but they're mm-hmm. genuinely like the nicest people you'll ever meet. So I feel differently about social influencers than most people. 
It's not like, it's not that there's anything wrong with her being a social influencer. I just think it added a little bit of like vapidness when all of their important like emotional moments were like for the media. Yeah, like, like the, everything uh, they, everything facade. they did. Yeah. Yeah. Everything they did that, that moved their relationship along or like they had a sweet moment, it was all media centered. So it's like, oh yeah, they obviously but isn't were. That, isn't that how she protected herself though? Yeah. To be I mean, like, it's oh, kind of... it's for the media, it's not for us kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all fake. Yeah. But it just kind of made it feel a little vapid when they did choose to finally like give their relationship a real shot because they've never actually done anything that wasn't media centered prior to that point. Like even when he took her to his safest fa- place, his most like sacred mm. spot, it was even yeah. like, I'm showing you this because it will look good for the media. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that scene could have, like, that scene particularly maybe could have gone without it and it could have just been a nice sentiment without it being a public image thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, that actually makes sense. I didn't think about it. But other than that, like it, it made sense to the book. Like it made sense to the book that she was an influencer. Did it just, just like make you personally like a little bit sad? It was just like I wish I had like at least one scene that wasn't media orientated before they chose to admit that they loved each other. Because mm. the only thing that wasn't media orientated was their sex. But they like they had like even when he was just nicely rubbing her feet on the couch after a long day, she still took a photo and posted it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't have even had like that moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I think it was like a protection thing for her as well. Yeah, and it was completely necessary. I just wish it was at least like one scene where it yeah, was like, yeah. not about social media. Just wanted to satisfy your little romantic heart. I did. I just wanted like a little bit of like non-contrived romance, Sumi. Oh my god, I love that for you, Betty. I didn't realize that you were such a romantic. I love romance. Oh, darling. <laughs> Aww. I've like been currently like while you've been speaking I've been flicking through the actual book because this is a quote and I cannot find it for the life of me but I think it nearly made me cry because it was so sweet Aww. Oh, what? oh my god my little heart I cannot handle that's so funny look I am a hopeless romantic at heart I'm just not practical with it because I don't have the time or energy to deal with it <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> Favorite sex scenes. Favorite sex scenes. Who wants to start? Um, um, mine was when he went down on her for forty minutes. Literally, no, same. I don't know. That was my yeah, favorite sex scene. That, and also the first time they had sex without a condom. Oh, yeah, that was Oh, in the mirror, the mirror scene? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I really liked all of them. All of them were really well written. But, like, they putting an alarm on. And to go... See, the thing I like about the going down for 40 minutes, to eat somebody out for 40 minutes, that is a fucking effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. He would There's have been, like... There's a lot going... His neck, jaw his tongue, his jaw. You would just... Yeah. yeah. But he was just, like, so into pussy. it. Yeah, dude. So into it. But how Love did you get like yeah? But she only came twice. 
I think because like he was like exploring, you know, because he wasn't just like trying to get her off, you know. <laughs> no. He was like exploring. It was like it was like what a you trying to find in there? Some gold. It's a marathon. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Not a sprint. Yeah, no, I really liked that one. I also liked it when they decided to have sex for the first time without a condom. And also the mirror scenes are pretty good. And then he's like, I'm going to fuck you in front of every single mirror. And she's like, that's going to take like 15 years because he's got like 20,000 mirrors in his apartment. <laughs> but yeah, cool. I thought that they were pretty hot. But yeah, the alarm scene. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. I like um, I like the inner dialogue in most of the scenes where he's like, "I am so horny. I think I'm gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he starts talking about how like how like his dick has been hard for so long, he thinks he's gonna pass out. Like, like that. <laughs> it's like I've been rock hard for six hours. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? Because there are times where I've been like, if I don't get a dick right now, I'm going to punch someone. Yeah, did 100%. Yeah, so like <laughs> I actually relate to that. It's like a very specific brand of anger. Like I feel like the closest thing I can like equate it to is like being is like being hangry. Like you know that there's one thing that's going to make it better and until you get that thing, nothing is good. Itch that scratch, babe. Itch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I fully, I resonated with him. I understood. I, yeah. <laughs> when he was like, when he was like, I have like a caged monster inside of me that's going to yeah, break me. <laughs> oh, she like asks like, for it. Unleash the beast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was literally because he was like, look, I really want to fuck her so badly, but I also really want to eat her out so badly. And it's like There's just too many options. <laughs> he was like, "I'll just keep doing this, but I feel like I'm gonna die <laughs> if I hump the mattress one more time. <laughs> my dick will fall off." I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of that. No, he's like, if I rub my dick along the mattress one more time, I'm pretty sure I'm going to explode. I think that's what he says. <laughs> it's um, hot. Their sex scenes were hot. really fucking hot. Yeah. I like how it was like a little bit like a little bit enemies to lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Like they I'm loving like, enemies to lovers. Fuck me. Yeah. Office office romance enemies to lovers is prime for me, but I, any enemies to lovers gets this chick off it was it was great it was all of them are unique as well which i liked like they weren't like they were very similar the in vain. scenes yeah yeah like all the sex scenes were like a little yeah. bit you know, oh, and I it, you meant the book i was like wait what is she talking about what's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't just like a repetition of the same thing happening mm. over and over again yeah, and they no, also had those like sweet moments where they were kissing and they were like this is better than sex and they were so snuggly they were like really it's cuddly better than sex. <laughs> they're lying uh, we were like when when they i think it was like in the in the first book in neon gods and they talk about hades describes persephone as like tasting like sunshine when they kiss and i was like i don't think i've ever like tasted anything other than like mouth when i've kissed another person <laughs> Jesus Christ, <Jake. laughs> um, I was just 
so confused. I was like, how do you taste like sunshine? Or, yeah, like when they talk about like going down on people and they're like, oh, she tastes like everything I imagined she would taste like strawberries and cherries and rainbows and nectar and fuck like she tastes like vagina, bro. And if she (laughs) tastes that sweet, she's got diabetes. So take her to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Look, babe, you gotta that sweet. Look, babe, you gotta watch your bit. You gotta watch your girlfriend's glucose levels because if she's sweet, she's (laughs) she's got high blood sugar. You're her glucose guardian. So (laughs) make sure you get your girl tested for (laughs) pre-diabetes. If she tastes too sweet, yeah. So I gotta tell you guys what I did this week. I'm so ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) Betty's like, fuck this. So next week. Betty's going to announce this later, but we have the incredible author Gemma Weir on. So I have been reading all of her books and she has a series called Mountain Man. And so I was speaking to another author called Honey Andrews. Love her. Find her book. It's Destiny, Death's Destiny or Destiny's Death's, Death? Death's, Death's Destiny. And it's Death's so Death's Destiny good. by Honey Andrews and it's amazing. So order it right now. It's on kindle unlimited and she will can... um as another little tidbit as well she is also going to be coming on the podcast sometime in the future so yeah, yeah. please read her book hopefully her second book will be out by then so anyway we were messaging and i was like talking to her and i'm like i won i found this dating site because Gemma Weir's series is Montana Mountain Man. I was like, I found this dating site called Montana Farmers because I couldn't find Montana Mountain Men because I wanted to see if these people were real because there's no way that like you can find, like they're possessive and they're crazy, but they're actually very sweet people. And I'm like, I wonder if there are like nice mountain men out there. So I went on to Montana Farmers and I found all of these like highlights. So you have like a tagline and I found some of the most amazing taglines of these Montana farmers. Hi, I've I'm literally Chris- been waiting. I've literally <laughs> yeah, been waiting no with idea. like bated breath. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. I'm a down-to-earth redneck. <laughs> <laughs> Simple windows and God-fearing. Simple windows? What is this? Must <laughs> I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> Must know how to drive a four-speed. <laughs> Well, like a manual. I don't fucking know what a four speed is. We have a six and an eight speed here. No, wait. No, four speed. Yeah. No, Josh has got a six speed in a sports car. Yeah, I think it's a five speed. I don't know. Fresh out of prison. I'm pretty sure there's five gears. I've never been in a four gear car. Okay, well, maybe it's a tractor. What the fuck do I know? I'm not in (laughs) Montana. It's a quad bike. Fresh out of prison, need a sugar mama. Buddy, sell your four speed. <laughs> this is a different guy. I'm, I'm going through different people. Two acres and no mule. <laughs> what? Is he, is he implying that the woman that comes into his life will be <laughs> his to be mule? mule? <laughs> oh my God. It's Growing like the farmer version of Muse. I like, fucking <laughs> love this so much. I literally spent two and a half hours on it yesterday. I'm I'm addicted. Growing crops, not just plowing fields. <laughs> Wait, I've got more. One sec. It's so good. And like honey and I were literally there was some photos. There was one guy with a photo. I'll show you guys, but I'll have to explain it. 
with like at least a thousand pieces of asparagus in his hand and I don't understand why. (laughs) Dude, bro's just got, he's holding it like it's a bale of hay. That's how big it is. Oh my God. So like, (laughs) so there was, oh, here we go. I keep my cows happy looking for another. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. Cattle rancher on the prowl. <laughs> Looking for a sweet, sassy lady with a cowboy hat. I love these. But then, like, so we got, um, we, like, got real into it. And then I started, like, really looking at people's photos. And there are some which are just so amazing. And some of these guys are actually, like, so decent. Like, I want to move to Montana for them. So I created a profile. Yeah, so I created a profile, right? My partner knows about this. He's into it. He's laughing his ass off with me, by the way, and he wants to message half of these guys. So it is not me cheating on him. I just want to make that clear. But I will not let him message them because he's a he's a psychopath. So I put up a profile being like, I'm an Australian girl moving to Bozeman, looking for friends and a good time. Love to make a cook. I love to make a cock- cook. I love to make a cocktail, but also cook like a chef. And I love to watch a sunrise or a sunset. And whenever I can get wet, I do. So if you have a stream on your phone, send me a message. you are catfishing these Listen, poor men. These fucking men have been sending me messages about their streams. <laughs> I haven't responded to anything, okay? I'm not catfishing anyone because I'm not responding. I purely created... So here's the thing that's a little bit even more psychotic on my end. I had to pay $30 to get onto this. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? So much. So much. And then, like, I, like, sat back last night and I'm like, um, maybe you should stop now. Like, you literally I, just did this for the story. Like, yeah, you no, get nothing out of this did. but a funny story. No, I got nothing out of this because I was like, people need to know. And I recommend go, go on to Farmers in Montana, Farmers Dating Montana. That's what it's called. <laughs> Jump onto the app is shit. It kicked me out. I think it knew that I was laughing too much. And then it, <laughs> now I'm blocked from the fucking app. So I can't get back in. But you it was the best time of life. Screenshotted too many things. Maybe. Oh my god! Oh, Forget Tinder. Yeah, Montana and now it won't let me back Montana in. Farmers. Well, that's what Honey was saying because I had like a full meltdown, and I was trying. It took like for twelve hours. I was trying to get back into the app because I was like, I need more. I need more like screenshots and stuff. And then she's like, just go on Tinder and get a VPN and put it in Montana. And I'm like, what the fuck is a VPN? Like, how do I do it? <laughs> I can't do this. This is too hard. So anyway, that was my last few days and I thought I should share it with you girls because it was a lot of fun. And if you want to join me at some time, let me know. It sounds We amazing. should make this like a regular spot, just joining like really obscure dating sites and just yes. like reading out people's taglines. I fucking well, love that. She sent me another one 
and it's for Indian matchmaking. And she said it is one of the best things she's ever seen ever. And she's like, you got to sign up for this like right now because some of the shit that they say is incredible. <laughs> it's oh like next level. So I feel like each fortnight I'm just going to sign up for a new dating site and see what I can find. It's going to send right. me broke probably, but it's so worth it. <laughs> But literally, like ninety percent of the guys is like are like um, God fearing. If you don't love Trump, oh no, this guy's like Trump twenty twenty four. Like it is. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's like, like I'm God fearing, and I like Windows, and I'm like, this, where the fuck are we right um, now? This was not like a podcast expense that I was anticipating. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm expensing it for myself. It was way too much fun. <laughs> this other guy he lives in salmon idaho champion bullshitter not scared of drama rarely tell a lie but i do play games and he's got like a dead deer in front of him oh god (laughs) and another guy with like a dead fish you want to go redneck (laughs) once you're redneck you never go back oh and then you do this thing i of course i forgot you do this thing where you send out a flirt to someone and I was like, what's a flirt? So I looked into it and it's like this list of choices you have to send. So things are like, um, I see, oh, I see you like case two, want to compare tractors, wishing <laughs> you a happy harvest. I like your truck. You're not half bad either. Um, this I love you, really... but you're be too strong, but wow. How this about is... that tractor? <laughs> this is really embarrassing because this is who I'm dating. <laughs> How many sure horses would fit in your barn? I'm literally Dude. dating someone that comes from a farming town that hunts and fish and owns tractors. Oh my god. Okay, but this is on a does he write that he's god fearing and he likes windows? No, he's super progressive. God bless yeah, him. Yeah, okay, well, Trump 2024, Betty. <laughs> Here's another one. Which is faster, you or your horse? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think oh. tractor sexy. Want to go for a ride? They're really playing into this, like, farming thing, aren't they? Well, it is called farmers dating. Is this, are people like this in Montana? people like Um, this apparently in america so then there's so much more to this i don't know how much more time we've got but i'm gonna give it to you all they have this live chat line where if everyone's online they can speak to each other like the chicks and the guys and the chicks argue with each other over the guys oh my god like fuck you bethany you piece of shit he was messaging me not you and they like go all drama I feel like we need an episode like, dedicated yeah, to it. But it's just like reality TV. It's like no, Love Island. Dead set. It's amazing. But I couldn't understand a lot of the language they were using because I feel like it was very Farmers Montana. And I'm like, is that a tractor or is she talking about a person's penis? <laughs> what's happening right now? And I got real confused. But I feel like I'm going to learn some of the slang. I, I've got it for a month and I'm really going to go hard on it. Oh my god. Well, everybody stay tuned for Ola's crazy Ola's antics. And then next month, I think I'm going to hit the Indian matchmaking like, sites. <laughs> nice. When Josh and I first met, we lived with like 
seven fucking people. We were living in a share house. We were poor as shit. And we spent one night on sugardaddies.com. Nice. That was, nice. That was, I think that was the first night that I banged him, but that's not the point. The point is it was the <laughs> most fun we ever fucking had because the taglines are amazing. And I feel like we should have 10 minutes of taglines every fortnight or every month or something because it is so good. And the guy with the asparagus, I feel like I want to put it onto our Instagram, but I don't want to like- should put it on our story. But I'm going to like- hide his Blow face his face yeah Blow his face but the fucking asp- and i'm not kidding you he has at least a thousand pieces of asparagus in his hat like how, <laughs> where do you get all that fucking asparagus he's a farmer from? he grows it babe i know but he was kind of hot <laughs> <laughs> anyway. all right well i'll sorry, wrap up sorry, i'll wrap up <laughs> i found my quote so I'll tell you guys about next oh, episode yay. and then we'll end with this amazing oh, quote yes. from the book. So next week we'll be speaking to the wonderful Gemma Weir. Woo. You might know her from our Montana Man, Man Montana series. Mountain Man series. Yeah. Um, and her St. Augustus. Oh my God. People don't know about that series, but they need to know about it. So read yeah, it immediately. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Ask G. I it's literally so spent a whole night reading it and I was like, you girls are going to love this. And they're like, oh, well, we don't know. And then G read it and she's like, holy fuck, I love this. <laughs> but yeah, stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be awesome. And we're super excited for you guys to hear it. And on that note, here's a wonderful quote courtesy of Katie Robert. Yay. A good man would do anything to preserve this woman's soft center. He would battle her demons and enemies alike to create a world where she could let down her barriers and live happily without the armor. He would get her the fuck out of Olympus, would promise her safety without any selfish gains for himself, would put her on a pedestal and worship at the altar of her daily. I'm not a good man, though. I'm a fucking monster and I want psyche for my own. Oh my oh. god, I just got some tingles. I love that. The writing is so good. So good. So good. Kudos to Betty, you. you said it's so Fucking nice too. Thank you. Hit me up for you audiobooks. Should, um, yeah, I was just gonna say you should you should narrate. I'd listen you to you. You should narrate all the scenes. Yeah, I'd listen scenes. to you too. You've got like a bit of a sexy husky voice, so I'm yeah. into it. Thank you. Hit me up. I want to do an do audiobook. Think, like, do you think the people that narrate like smutty audiobooks, do they think they know that people are probably like jacking off to the sound of their voice? Ah, hell yeah. It's a perk of the job. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I feel like that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to Yumcha. All right. All right. Nice. So me and Georgia going to get drunk, oh. so yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. This is another thing that we can we'll, we'll we will come back and we will relive this experience. I'm so excited tonight, about this because tonight Betty and I are going to our local strip club for an amateur Dunedin sexiest male competition. Yeah, we are so excited. Yes. I really want you guys to send me photos. Like, I don't care how you take them. I know you're not meant to in strip clubs, but do some dodgies <laughs> and send some fucking photos. Like a spy cam i just yeah, hope to god attach it to your chest and have a little hole in there i hope to god it's as messy as it sounds i really yeah. hope so i cannot wait to hear about this it's gonna Whoa, be so we will keep you updated in the following weeks on both how 
always getting along with her mountain men and how me and <laughs> G got along with our amateur how me and G got along with our amateur strip night. I'm so I really Bye, I just want a, I want a good show. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.